Behind the brand, baby. Watch it. Tell your friends about it. Hey, everyone. Coming to you live from my kitchen at AKA, who's also a sponsor of this episode. Here's an honest review of one of my favorite places to stay, run by some of the best people I know. Seriously. If you're someone like me who needs a place to work and live for a week or longer, I travel a lot doing these stories, you know, I would highly recommend a stay at AKA. The truth is, I can't stand renting someone else's room because it never really feels clean. At AKA, you don't have to compromise because you get the best of both worlds. The best night's sleep in a sparkling clean room, space to spread out like it's your own home, full kitchen with all the amenities and service of a luxury hotel and more. With locations in New York City, Los Angeles, London, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., and more, just go to stayaka.com and check them out. And when you put in the special promo code BRAND, that's B-R-A-N-D, listeners of Behind the Brand get an exclusive rate. Happy traveling. Hey, I'm Grant Cardone, and you're watching Behind the Brand with Brian Elliott. I mean, we were just sitting back, you know, <laughs> chopping it up. Reminiscing about the good old days and all that, <laughs> you know, tracking my roots, where I came from and where I'm going. Hey everyone, I'm Brian Elliott. Welcome to another edition of Behind the Brand. Today I'm here with the one and only Grant Cardone. Grant, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I usually ask my guests, how did you get this job? Yeah, how did I get this job? Uh, you know, I don't know, like, it's been 30 years just figuring out where I'm going. Had no idea I would be doing what I'm doing. Today, what I'm doing, you know, 30 years ago, I had, I had ambition, you know, like your your audience has, is ambitious, so I've always been ambitious. I've always wanted more for myself and my family, and just been kind of stumbling along, trying to figure out how to get there. So you're prolific online. You know, you're always doing this with the camera, talking direct to camera, or you're being filmed somewhere. You're on stage in front of thousands of people at your 10X conferences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's take it. Tens of thousands of people there, so. Tens of thousands of people, of course. It's a big difference. Like we did LA this this weekend, Sunday, there was 3,000 people there. We did Miami in February, there was 35,000. I mean, those are like completely different experiences. Yeah, you can't get uh, baseball teams to fill up stadiums like that. No, that's right. Yeah. But my first gig had seven people in it. So I've had that whole transition from, you know, handful talking to a handful of people to, you know, figuring out how, how do you fill a stadium up? Yeah. So let's take that back in the chronology as far as you want to go back. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about origin stories. I know you've you've talked about your story. You've been I mean, I think you're probably in my opinion one of the few guys that's really willing to be vulnerable to, you know, basically spill your guts. Uh-huh. I was in my second year of college. I was completely lost. I had lost my way. I had lost my purpose. I had lost uh, any sense of myself. I was trying to get other people to like me. Lost, lost, lost the idea that my dreams could become true. I don't even think I knew what my dreams were anymore. I'd had a couple of really big losses in my life. I'd lost my dad when I was 10 and then lost my older brother when I was 20 years old. He was 25 and he was, he was, both of these guys were my role models. Uh, so take us back for my audience who doesn't know your origin, your humble beginnings, yeah. your troubled beginnings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk a little bit about that. And, yeah, well, uh, my, my life has been very, very hard. And, and um, you know, I grew up in a good family, so I don't have anybody to blame. Nothing bad happened to me. I lost my dad when I was 10. And that really like, that, that impinged, really, really messed, kind of threw me off. And so I was a good kid. Eight years old, my mom thought I was a loving, caring, you know, um, kid. And then by the time I was 15, 16 years old, man, something had happened. And so I lost my dad when I was 10. Uh, got introduced to drugs when I was 15. The drugs weren't really the deal. I mean, drugs would become a problem for me, but really it was the year between 10 and 15, I was just lost, you know, everyday lost, like bored, forced into the seventh, eighth grade, ninth grade, forced into the system. It, it wasn't good for me. Yeah. Uh, and it's not good for a lot of people, I think, you know. So but forced into the system? Well, into the, it, it, I got to go to school every day. It's a system, right? Like, like I, I don't want to be in school. I mean, I don't think any kid wants to be in school, but it just didn't, like, 
I was probably smarter than the books I was reading. I mean, re really, I'm not, I'm saying that like not, I didn't know that then, but I was just bored. Yeah. Everything went too slow for me. Um, I was bad, my, I was not good in school. My grades would not show that I was smart. Um, I wanted to do something. And it was just that from nine o'clock in the morning until four o'clock in the afternoon, I was just bored. And then when I finally got out, I got in trouble all the time. So when I got introduced to drugs, I was 15 or 16 years old. And then dude, within a year, I was using drugs every day. Started out with just, a, you know, me and a couple buddies. Um, but when I look back on it now, I'm like, there was just a lack of, there was no leadership in my life. There was no mentoring. There was no, there was, there was leadership and mentoring. It was just the wrong way. And so by the time I was 16 years old to 25, I was using drugs every single day. You got a brother too, right? Yeah, twin brother. Yeah. Yeah. And so did he follow the same path? He, he's pretty much involved in the same stuff. I mean, we're both, we're, we're identical twin brothers, so we're hanging out together. and Both bored, both a lot of energy, both, both fairly intelligent guys. Double trouble. Double trouble, bro. Like, who can take it further? And so I've always had a lot of energy, like most children, most kids have energy, you know. But lost my older brother when I was 20 years old. So I had, between 10 and 20, I had these two big, big losses. So both my men, my male mentors um, were gone. And I kept waiting, like the, the, but you know, when my dad died, I was just, I was waiting for an uncle to show up and help me. Anybody, I would have taken anybody's help. You could have walked up and said, I'll help you kid. I'd be like, let's go. And that's kind of how I went off the wrong path. You know, there was no good guy saying, hey, let me be responsible for you. Yeah, you followed the wrong guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have followed anything. I went to, I went to college to find a mentor. I, I, think, I think I went to the drug dealer because I was like, I thought he'd be my mentor. It was just a, you know, a, a weird thing, but. So. Um, How'd you pull out of that nosedive? Uh, well, first I had to go to treatment. You know, I went to treatment. And, and got off the drugs. I needed an environment where I got off the drugs. I, I had to get away from the environment. The treatment center really, there's a lot of bad information at those treatment centers, but, but it got me out of the environment. You know, and, and then it just got me around a bunch of broken people, but at least these broken people were not using drugs every day. I needed to get out of the, no, the, the drugs being available. Yeah, I mean, that was step one, right? Like, Ch change the environment. Yeah. You know, and, and it, wasn't, it wasn't even you know, admit that I was powerless, like, or that I had a problem. It was like, change the environment. I had to get out of the environment, I had to get away from the drugs, had to get the, you know, if you're addicted to sugar, you just gotta take the sugar out of the house. So I went, I made the first day, the first three days, I didn't even know where I was. Day five, I'm like, what, what, what's going on? <laughs> you know, first five days up in 10 years that I had been without drugs. And I was like, okay, maybe I can do this. Whole new world. Oh yeah, dude, I was like, People look at me today and say, oh man, he's cocky and he's this and he's that. And they see the plane and da da da, dude, that's, no, nobody knows what I, what's going on on the inside of me, you know? So, like, like you know, that I was coming out of that deal just fragile, broken. The drugs were the least of the problems. It was, my self-esteem was crashed. I had no money. I didn't believe in myself anymore. I had no confidence. Um, I was in debt. I had lost, my, my reputation was damaged in the community I lived in. It was damaged with me. I was the black sheep of my family. Not even my family. My family didn't trust me. I didn't trust me. And then, and then, so I made the 28 days and I went back. I had a car, I was working in a car dealership and I went back there and turned my whole life around. That fast. <laughs> no, no, you know, no, it just, you know, had, had, to, had to one day at a time, just turn everything around. Starting with, okay, I got to not use drugs and I got to start rebuilding my life. And, and, and part of that was just paying back the debts, you know, the damage I had done, yeah. cleaning up my past, you yeah. know, so that when I looked at Mike, I didn't see Mike and, oh, I screwed him. Right. You know, or my mom and I stole money from my mom. I'm like, I had to clean all that up. You had to right the wrongs. I had to right all that. And a lot of guys don't, don't do that. Like I see guys that stay broken for long periods of time, even though they cleaned up. I'm like, dude, you got to go clean that up. Not for them, for you. I had people I went back to. I went back to this guy that I'd, I had worked for him, but I felt like I'd stole from him because I didn't 
I was doing this side hustle while I was with him. And I said, look, man, I owe you a bunch of money because you paid me and I wasn't really here. And he's like, I don't need it. His name's David. He's like, I don't need it. I said, you don't need it. I need it. I need to pay this. Yeah. You do whatever you want with it. I have to pay this. And he's like, no, no, I don't want it. I said, bro, look, I'm leaving the money here. I need to leave it here. It wasn't for you, for him. It was for me, you know? Yeah. So I could walk back there strong. And so I've just been slowly rebuilding my life. And, you know, today we have, I've got 17 little companies that, that, that all do pretty well. A real estate portfolio that we're building that's going to one day be something, you know, really, really to be something to be proud of. And, and, um, and I'm trying to help people right now. So on this show, we, you know, we pull back the curtain. We explore, you know, behind the brand, you know, uh, we, or if, you know, what a great name for a show, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my mentors, Seth Godin, would argue with me. I'm not a brand. I'm a, I'm a human being. Uh huh. But I disagree with him on that side. I think that we, we are a brand, whether yeah, we like it or 100% not. One hundred percent agree with that. Um, and so, how would you describe the Grant Cardone brand? Uh, hmm, interesting. So, uh, well, I think people would. Like, one, I'm a sales guy. How, how do other people see it or how do I see it? I want you to describe it because yeah. then maybe I'll give you some feedback of what I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so for me, when you ask me that question, I can't answer it without like, seeing other people's viewpoint. Because I, 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 I see from their view yeah. probably before I see from my view. Well, let's step back then and before we go there. Yeah. In your opinion, what is a brand? Uh, a brand is something that's seared into the 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 mind of the the other side so the brand isn't what i think it is it's what you think it is so you we, know we agree yeah good so seared seared like brand means i branded the cattle with my gc logo and said hey that's my cattle yeah so that i have ownership and you can't steal my cattle yeah i i think another way to say brand is reputation uh-huh and reputation can only be in the eyes of the others yeah yeah because it's you know how you you know, the experience you give them yeah. or, or how you treat them. Yeah. And, you know, and it changes. It can yeah. change. Yeah. So depending on where you met me, you know, like, like over the, chron- the last 30 years would, would pretty much depend upon how you see me. Some people see me as a sales guy. If you came out of the automobile industry, you know that I, that I had a lot to do with changing the way they sell cars now. Uh, if you've met me in the last three years, dude, the guy's a freaking uh, social media influencer right. uh, if you met me 10 years ago you you would be like uh, he's a speaker and a motivational guy so it could be sales could be you know if you met me 20 years ago you're like oh my god that guy's one of the best closers and negotiators my information on closing and negotiating is just yeah stellar yeah some people know me because I'm a writer as an author, you know, of books that are called The 10X Rule, Seller Be Sold, Closed Survival Guide, uh, Be First or Last. Very, very po- polarizing uh, kind of arguments. Uh, I think some people see me as a really aggressive, confrontational person. You know, the, some people know me as their uncle. So we, we did this gig here in L.A. There was 3,000 people there and 80% had never seen me speak live. They had only seen me online. So they think I'm a, this... Instagram, YouTube. Personality. Uh, not real guy. Like people are like, I just had to see if you're even real. Yeah. And then other people know me because I'm a real estate investor. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you know me as? I met, you know, I met another very dogmatic personality early on, Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh-huh. A lot of people get turned off by him. He's polarizing. I instantly loved Gary. I instantly yeah. loved you too. I was like, I gotta figure out. I gotta find out about this guy, though, uh-huh. because when you peel back the onion a little bit, you know, uh, and you, the message is important, but sometimes the delivery of the message doesn't resonate with everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm terrible at that. But I also thought that's not my style. Like, yeah. I, I'm more introverted. I'm quiet. I'm, you know, I'm in my head a lot. Uh-huh. Um, but I get it, and I like it. Uh-huh. You know, and that was that was my first sort of introduction to the, the Grant Cardone brand. Yeah. Um, and if you ask me today what I think you're about, I think you're about helping people live better lives. That's how it's summed up. I'm getting ready to go in and do a meeting for my sales team. They're on the phone every day. They think I'm going in there to talk about sales. 
I'm going in there to talk about money because if you don't have your money right, if you're not thinking about money correctly, guess what? You're never going to make a sale. You're never going to push through the objections and the barriers and the hang-ups and the everything that goes on in sales. It's a disappointing job. It's a tough job. It's a crazy job. It's like being an actor. Okay? Why would anybody be an actor after they go on 100 auditions? Nobody ever picks them. They're like, I'm done. The only reason you want to do that is because you want to be a superstar. Okay, guys, so this is what I want to do. I want to talk to you about money today, not sales. If you don't get the money right, you're not going to make the sale, period, okay? million dollars, a million dollars. Peter Thiel, $2.8 billion Peter Thiel said, the single-digit millionaire, you know what that means? Guy with $1 million, or two, or three, or four, cannot even provide his family with proper defense, legal defense, in America. Much less, much less emergencies, divorces, you know, major lawsuits, business lawsuits, uh, issues happening, two kids going to college. So what he's saying is this, okay, it became a very, very controversial article because he's like, rich dude, scratching fingers on the chalkboard, the slides, okay, is saying, hey man, if you got a million dollars, you're basically just a freaking deadbeat. And that your daddy didn't tell you that. Your daddy's like, oh man, a million dollars, a million dollars, you and the money. So what I want to do is I just want to, I'm going to show you today how to get through all this rejection and disappointment, discouragements, the hangups. You got to change the way you look at money. This is not money right here, okay? This is not money. This is just dumbness. This is you not making a decision. This is you being lazy saying, man, a million dollars and I'd be set. Not a lot of people in your space with the amount of, resources that you've got, limited time that you've got, will take the time and get real personal. And to me, that's what started to ring my bells. Like, this guy is, this guy's getting personal. You know, when you start talking about your family, mm -hmm. and, and then I started thinking about my family, I started listening, leaning in a little bit farther. Oh, this guy's, this guy's not just trying to sell me something, he's yeah, trying yeah. to add value. Yeah. And, the, and there is value in the free information that yeah, you give. Yeah. And that's why I really started to be impressed. Yeah. And we, I am always trying to sell something. Like, like, like I, I need everybody to understand, like, don't, don't be surprised when I try to sell something because I am always trying to sell something. Well, you know, who's altruistic? We're all a little, little truistic. Uh -huh. Like, we want to do the right thing. Yeah. But it's got to make sense. Yeah. Even this show, you know, we produce it pro bono, uh -huh. but I'm not doing it for kicks and giggles. Right, right. You know, right now you're seeing my brand. Yeah. Which is, you know, I'm trying to add value to my audience by drawing out yeah. the wisdom and experience that you've yeah. got. Yeah. That's what this is about. And, you know, I think you make a point about, because there's a lot of guys that I know, like, that I've had on my stages that they're, they're like, dude, how do, you, how do you make all this time to do the, all this content you do? Yeah. So all that takes a lot of energy and effort that, that really doesn't monetize. But, the, 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 but, but every, I'm always trying to sell somebody on something, which means not all, it's not always about money. It's, it's, it could be about, hey, use this to be successful because if you are successful, you are going to tell somebody that I did this thing that this guy, you'll always associate it back to where you got it from if you're an honest person. Yeah. I used this thing this guy told me about or I went to this chiropractor and he gave me this crazy adjustment, right? And whatever it is, the success is worth more than the money. Yeah, and everything and nothing has changed, right? I mean, back in the day... Right. When you live in a small town and the butcher already knows what you want before you walk in the door, yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, you tell, oh, he's the best. He's the best. Yeah, he's the oh, best. I love that. You know. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So for those who are maybe in your space of your caliber, what do you say to them? You know, what is that? So why are you doing it? What's the return on the investment? Is it about trust? Is it about being there before the sale? Well, well, it's one. It's just the way I do it. Like, like we have a huge product lineup, and and I know guys that condemn the monetization, some of which you've already mentioned. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't have the products. It's easy for you to condemn it. You haven't taken the time or the energy or put in the work to create the products. So you're talking about the conferences or the books? Uh, or... No, I'm talking about more, more, more I'm talking about systems people can get on. Okay. So like not come to a conference. Con a conference is a lot of work, right? But, but no. Come speak. Come listen to me. Answer your questions for thirty minutes. It's the easiest thing anybody can do in the world. Yeah, it's the laziest speech in the world. 
What do you want me to do? Uh, Grant, I'll pay you 150 grand. Come answer some questions on stage. Let's go. Like, there's no preparation. I drive or drive, I fly in, sit down, ask me questions, I answer it. I've already got my money, blah, blah, blah. I'm talking about people building out a system. Hey, how do you buy real estate? What are you looking for? How do you find it? For me to build out a 40-hour real estate system that I sell for anywhere from 1000 bucks to 12000 that that takes a lot of energy. Yeah. So it makes sense. So, so all I'm saying right there is people should look for people that build systems to learn. I need to study something. I can't just hear something. Yeah. People are so lazy on their learning today. And we're, be, we're making people lazier because of Instagram and Facebook, even interviews like this. People can watch podcasts, think they learned something. Maybe, maybe not. There's no system here because you're trying to get your audience to know me right now, which is the right thing to do, right? Um, yeah, we're at the top of the funnel, let's face it. Yeah, yeah, right? totally top of the funnel, right? So if I'm going to study Warren Buffett, because Warren Buffett didn't create a system, then I have to actually plug, I have to build a system around Warren. So I'm going to go back and find Warren's first interview and his second one. I got to literally lay him out in chronological. That's how I study. Yeah. If I was going to study Vaynerchuk, I would study everything Gary's ever said in an interview because he doesn't have a system. So, and I want to see what happened. Like, how's he starting to change his opinion? Or Warren, what's Warren really saying? In all the interviews he's done over the last 20 or 30 years. And, and because I need, I need to find out where I'm picking up a guy's data. Steve Jobs, if the, at the beginning of Steve Jobs, if you could study Steve Jobs when he was 20, he was saying something different when he, you know, before he died. Yeah. And, and then you need to, cal- people need to calculate, hey, this is where I'm at right now when I tell you this piece of data, okay? He, he's like, money won't make you happy at, at the end of his life. But that's not what he was saying when he was 20, right? So if you took that one thing when he was famous that he said, he already had his money. Yeah. This is a super good piece of advice that I want to just underscore and make sure that we highlight, which is, first, you got to consider the source. Yes. Right? So if you ask your parents, (laughs) it's a funny story. Uh, My father-in-law probably not appreciate me telling this story. But anyway, so when he was telling my wife, his daughter, uh, giving her advice, career advice, when she was going through college, she said, you better take a lot of typing classes so you can be a good secretary. Uh-huh. And she's like, secretary, I'm gonna be running the business. Uh-huh. But that was his mindset. Sure. And so it was limited, yeah. right, to his experience. Yeah, yeah. And, exactly. And the era in which he grew up. Exactly. So you have to really be careful about who you're taking when, advice from and when. When, do, when are you getting it from him? Yeah, that's excellent advice. Yeah. So, so Bernie Madoff, if you got information from him in the beginning, sounded really good, Yeah. but now you could throw it all away. Didn't end up so well. Okay. Same thing with anybody. Anybody that ends up in jail, doesn't pay their fees, doesn't pay their debts back to, to society. You, if you want to take information from them, like, like if that's where you are sourcing data, if you even value the data and the guy's still a criminal and didn't clean it up. I'm telling people up, up front, dude, I did some bad stuff in my life. Like I, I, I fell off the train. I spent the last 36 years cleaning my mess up. So going from, hey, I need a knocking on doors, door to door for three years when I was in my 20s, 29 to 31 years old, every day knocking on doors on business owners. Hey, 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 my name's Grant Cardone. I got an idea. Learning how to sell something door to door to where I'm at today to fill in the stadium up. Like, like that, 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 that's a cool story. To study Jay-Z, you know, and, and, and see the transition. How do you go from drug dealer to peddling CDs, to filling stadiums, to to you know wearing tuxedos with presidents. Yeah, mobile. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the F word while we're on it. Failure. Yeah. Or fear. I didn't. I didn't know we were going to go there, man. I thought you were going to drop the F bomb. <laughs> uh, it's surprisingly, a lot of kids watch this show. I was at VidCon, you know uh, that, that video yeah, conference, sure. and I thought someone was pranking me. All these kids came up to me while I was there. I was like, hey, aren't you behind a brand? Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, you watching my show? Yeah. You know, my teacher in high school wow. wants me to watch this because, wow. you know, if I want to be an entrepreneur, I was blown away. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so, um, I mean, the power of the internet, right? Yeah. So let's talk about the, failure. F- fa- the fa- failure, the F word. Fear, fear, fear. Fear and failure. Yeah, fear. Two things uh, a lot of people don't want to talk about. Some people will say failure is not an option, uh, but we all know that's bogus. Yeah. You've got to have failure in order to have success. Yeah. Um, you've talked about some of your failures. You're very, you're an open book online. You just go back through any of your videos. Any given time, you're talking about a failure. Yeah. Um, 
What do you think gets people stuck? You know, as you meet with all these people that you're working with, what gets them stuck? Comfort, comfort. You know, being comfortable is the, is, is the killer. Comfortable? Comfortable, you know. So, you You're know, doing the same thing over and over again? Yeah, you're comfortable, it's easy. It's lazy. Particularly, particularly when you get successful, like, you know, in America, the middle class is like, the, the biggest problem in this country, in my, in my view, is, and the biggest mistake I've made, two biggest mistakes I've made, is num number one, not going big enough, and number two, when I get comfortable, getting seduced by, I got my cars paid for, yeah. uh, my house is paid for, whatever. Complacent. People, people like me, I'm in this little, I'm in this little, you know, this little spot, people like me, they do business with me, I can get money out of it, it's not hard anymore. Right. Complacent. And, and it, is the, it is the killer of dreams. Bill Gates talked about that, you know, always feeling like people are nipping at his heels, uh -huh. could never feel satisfied. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Andrew Grove uh, for, with Intel talked about being, being paranoid. Like, like, I am constantly fearful. Like the fear thing, the fear thing, I use fear. Fear, fear, is, not something, fear is not something people should, should worry about. It's something they should consume, like you should eat it. Like I eat it, like, hey, what, what am I most scared to do right now? Every time I've done the thing that scared me most, I had a big freaking spike in my life, like yeah. a good thing. And, and have you had one of those recently? Oh yeah, what like is it? this year was filling up that stadium with 35,000 people. Did you have to pre-commit, you had to buy all the seats? I had $10 million check. Yeah. So, man, here. I walked in the place, I looked at Miami Marlins Stadium. The, only, the, bigger, the biggest event we had ever done was 11,000 people. So I had done, I've done three events, 2,200 people, 11,000 at that time. And then I walked into Marlins Stadium and I'm like, how many people have been here? <laughs> I, it was my fantasy to be a baseball player. So part of it was like, God damn, I'm gonna be able to play baseball. I'm gonna be able to do the baseball park dream that I had. I was gonna be a catcher. So I walk in the stadium, uh, Marlins Stadium, and I looked around, I'm like, how many people will this fit? 28,000. I said, how many people have been in here? 28,000. Who did it? Joel Olstein. I said, okay, I'll take it. And, and the guy's like, huh? I said, I'll take it. And I want to clear off the field. How many seats can we put on the field? He's like 6,000. I said, good. I want the entire stadium and the field. I, like, I made the decision that quick. And I said, I want it on Super Bowl weekend. And he's like, what? I said, Super Bowl weekend. He's like, why would you do an event on Super Bowl weekend? Because I'm freaking terrified. Everybody's telling me not to do it. Wow. I'll take the whole place. Wrote him a check for 10 million, filled it up. Everybody said I wouldn't do it. Now the reason I did that was because I thought that that was a brilliant marketing play. Personally, thought it was genius. Were you just banking on, there's a whole set of people that are not interested in, foot, in the football totally. game? 100%. Yeah. And number two, I won't have anybody to compete with, except the Super Bowl. I have 16 executive staff in my company, 165 employees. If we did a poll, I did a poll with the execs, should I do this? 100% said, do not do this. <laughs> it's too big and it's the wrong weekend. The, the, the stadium's too big. Yeah. I said, guys, we're gonna do this. Okay, so, so like, we're gonna do this, we're gonna fill it up, it's going to happen. If we pull it off, it will be the biggest brand lift. I mean, this is behind the brand, right? Yeah. I said, forget the money. They're like, Dude, we're never going to make the money back. We can't sell the t enough tickets for enough money. I'm, so I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we will be fine. We will be profitable the day we get there. I had done the math on it. We just got to sell the tickets. And I said, if we, get, if we pull this off, we're not going to make a lot of money on the deal. We will have the biggest brand lift that, this, that, that my name has had in 30 years. Yeah. And sure enough, we did it. I was in Singapore, I was in 19 countries this year because of that event. Hey, we want to see you here. Everywhere I go, Singapore, Dubai, London, you're the dude that did the 35,000 people. Yeah. And those speaking events are probably 100K a piece plus, right? So you made your money uh, back. Plus, plus. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so those are good. But, but again, it's the brand left. Money's one thing. Look, money comes and goes. Brand, brand but once, the, once you get a brand, yeah. you either expand the brand Okay, because a, a brand can ruin you if you can't if you can't continue to grow the brand into other things. Well, and if you don't walk walk the talk, 
Because you're all about 10x. Yeah, yeah, but 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 like AB, like you know Anthony Brown, he he's got some brand issues right now, right? The Astros, the Astros just lost both their coaches to to this scandal. They're going to have a brand issue for a little while. Yeah, and and so brand works both ways. So you oh, got to yeah. keep establishing what that brand is. Usher, Usher is going to be at my event in um, in Las Vegas. People will be, oh, he dances and he sings. He's not coming there to dance and sing. He's coming there to talk about business. So he's trying to expand his brand. Yeah. Well, he's the guy credited with finding Bieber, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Scooter Braun's going to be there. That 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 put the the deal together between. Yeah. The pass Bieber. off. Yeah. Pass baton. So again, Bieber's trying to trying to he he he's got to rebrand. So everybody's got this branding issue. It doesn't matter where you're at in the food chain. Yeah. Apple Computer's got a brand, right? Yeah. And it's like, what is it? Well, oh, it was a computer with Steve Jobs. Yeah. Tim Cook's done more for Apple brand than Steve Jobs did for it. Right, because now what is it? Oh man, it's iTunes, it's TV. So you got to keep a lot of people. What they do is they become they become the executive and they become the successful guy. And they got they wrote two books. Okay, good. But wh who are you now? That's who you were. Right. I like that. Um, let's go back to your answer to what gets people stuck. Uh -huh. And you said complacency. Yeah. And I can't really fail. I mean, it's not possible to fail. If I, if I don't quit, as long as I'm still in the game punching. Yeah. So let me, let me change gears a little bit yeah. and ask you, okay, so we talked about your brand. Yeah. We talked about your brand being, you know, you're the consummate sales guy, you're the public speaker, you're the author, you're the front man, uh -huh. you know. The promoter, I'm always promoting something. Yeah. What is it of those things that really lights you up the most? Uh, you know. I mean, I love real estate. Like real estate's like, you know, we have, we have a well have, you know, I'll accumulate two billion dollars worth of real estate by by March or April of this year. Is that through Cardone Capital? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. I you know, and and I like, I like. You know the the things that drive me. Nobody really knows. Like my mom, my mom was worried about the bills every month, and I'm 12 years old, and I couldn't do anything about it, and it freaking just fucking just killed me could not I didn't know what to do about it yeah and I could not get my, my mom was my best friend I couldn't get her out of fear because I didn't know how to bring money in I didn't really understand what was going on and why she was always worried about everything you could just hear it you could feel it I could cut it in the room you know you could it was in the atmosphere well I would argue that that was trauma on you uh-huh you felt her stress uh -huh. And that probably had a lot to do with how your behavior. Yeah, could 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 have you know, like as because I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't contribute. I think people want to contribute. Yeah. And so the thing that drives me the most today, the, the reason we're, we we've opened Cardone Capital up to it, to other people, it literally is the model that would have solved my mom's problems when I was twelve. You know, when I when I when we laid out the format for how we pay our investors. We pay every month. Every accountant, legal, um, financial people tell me, do not pay every month. It's too expensive. I'm like, yeah, I don't care if it's too expensive. It's the right thing to do. So how does it work? I, I give you a dollar, you give me a dollar, you, you give back. Me, you, give me, you, you, you give me 100 grand, I'm going to pay you, you 6% a year, but I'm going to pay you every month. And I'm going to make you an actual co-investor with me. Uh, the, the middle class in America never gets a shot at good deals, ever. Right. And in addition to you getting paid every month and you co-invest with me, you get all the tax deductions yeah. that the wealthy people get. Yeah, so you're saying... You and know, there's no middleman. And there's no middleman. And you are finally getting invested in assets that the, 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 the wealthiest of the wealthiest get, get shots at. So it's the best property you could possibly buy. And you're saying leave it to the experts. We'll we'll manage your money better than you can, and you get the assets. Well, I'm going to manage the asset. I'm not going to manage your money. I'm going to manage the asset, and the asset's going to take care of the money. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not managing money. Like I'm buying real. I'm buying great real estate. And yeah. The money goes into real estate, and then it just sits there. Yeah. Or you flip it, and you make a profit. We don't flip. Okay. We're not flippers. You keep it. We keep. We 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 buy great real estate that's yeah. going to be worth double and triple what to. 10 years and 20, 15 years from now. Let's, it, talk, uh, yeah. let's talk about that because I watched that, uh, that little selfie. Oh, the Hollywood did. Hills thing? Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I did a video up in, up, you know, I lived, I lived up on Doheny in the Bird Streets. Yeah. The homes there are like 45 million, 35 million. <laughs> insane. For those of you out there buying houses, you hear me all the time say, hey, keep your money out of houses. These hills back here behind me are just filled with million dollar, $5 million, $10 million, $30 million, right? Let me see if I can point that at it. If I can see it right there, 30, 35 million maybe. I don't know. It could be 40 million. It's ridiculous. And that's going to create the illusion on these hills. I used to live right there where those piney, uh, let me see if I can get my finger right there. And I sold that house for $18 million. Made a bunch of money on it. That, that house is probably worth $30 million today. Maybe more than that. I don't know. It's some stupid, ridiculous number. You can't even think with it. Dre lived right in front of me. And he sold that house for $30 million, The house in front of him. Elena, here's our house. Our old house right here. And they scraped it. Now, all this creates the illusion for those of you who are hearing about housing and the guy that made all this money on a house. And, you know, I almost never tell anybody I made money on a house because I don't want you guys to get the illusion. It's an illusion. Okay, it's an illusion. In these hills, I'm going to predict this right now. In these hills, in the next five years, look at this. They're building one right there in the corner right there. Okay. That's going to be maybe an eighth of an acre, maybe, maybe probably a quarter of an eighth, a 16th of an acre. They're probably going to spend $15 million to build that house. There's so much building going on in these hills right now. Trust me, you got money in these hills, run, sell it, grab your dough and go to the stove. Because when this thing falls apart, the last time I was here, it was 2004. You couldn't give a house away between 2004 and 2012. You couldn't give a house away in these hills. When it breaks, folks, it will break hard, okay? It will be ugly. Nobody ever brags about how much money they lost in the casino. They just tell you how much money they made. Yeah. So these hills, the reason, that, the reason I said all this is going to, these are terrible investments, is they don't produce income. The place we're in right now produces income. It's a great investment. Yeah, your whole philosophy is... If it doesn't produce income, don't buy it. Well, and you say, rent where you live. Rent where you live. It doesn't produce income. Buy four, where four, you live. Four, four things I look for in an investment. Yeah. Now, I've been lucky enough in 30 years, like, I, I have taken three... I started with 3,000 bucks. It's worth hundreds and hundreds of, hundreds of millions of dollars today. It's ridiculous. My first deal was three grand. We, you know, that $3,000 has got two... Started me on a $2 billion path. So, I... Four things have to happen for me to make an investment. Number one, I have to have cash flow. Two, there has to be leverage, meaning the paper, I trade a piece of paper, I want to leverage up to an asset. I don't trade paper for paper. I don't go sideways. Mm -hmm. I want $1 to become 3 or $4. Real estate does that. Three, I have to have tax write-offs in that investment. Stocks get knocked out. There's no tax advantages to buying a stock, a piece of paper. And the fourth thing I want is appreciation. I want a 99.99% chance that I have appreciation over the life of the investment. And that's all real estate. Well, Bitcoin's out. I just started excluding stuff. Bitcoin's out, okay? Uh, Ford Motor Company investment's out. I, I don't know if Ford Motor Company's gonna appreciate. I, my company might not even be there in 10 yeah. years. Tesla is the most profitable car company today. Worth more than Ford Motor and General Motors, which makes no sense to me either. There's no way I'd invest in Tesla. I might use one of their cars, but there's no way I'd make that investment because it doesn't cash flow. There is no leverage. You put 500 bucks in it, you get $500 for the stock. Yeah. Could go up or down tomorrow. Well, and if Elon's gone, it's gone. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the stock would go to freaking 50 bucks. Yeah. Um, so I don't speculate on anything ever. And um, Bitcoin would be out. Uh, bond, bonds would be out. They don't pay me every month. Uh, buying a house would be out. It doesn't pay me. If it don't pay me, I don't do it. So let's transition then. I'll ask you a personal question. So you're married. Yeah. You got a couple of kids. Yeah. Uh, was there any translation from the way you do business with how you chose a partner and vice versa? How did that all work out? Uh, yeah, so so uh, I found Elena. I moved up here to find Elena. Like I go places to find things, and this goes kind of back to the story. Like 
what traps people? Comfort. I lived in La Jolla, uh, hour and a half, two hours from here, on the ocean, had a house smack dab on the sand. It's a little Playboy mansion. Get anything I want there. How long were you a bachelor? I was there 15 years. Yeah. Any, what age? Uh, 35, uh, uh, 33 to 48. Okay. And um, get anything I wanted there, had it made, had one employee officed out of my home, woke up to the ocean, went to sleep to the ocean. Living the life. And one day I woke up, I'm like, what are you doing, bro? Like, this, this is ridiculous. I'm unhappy, I'm not reaching for my full potential, I'm not getting challenged, I'm not scared. I'm comparing myself to the people around me. You did better than your dad ever did. Everything's about the past. Everything's about what I did, mm -hmm. not what I'm doing. That's when, I know, that's when I'm in trouble. I'm bored, I'm restless, I'm discontent. All the things, that, the, all the signs. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, I need a game, dude. I need a game. Yeah. So, and, and I didn't have anybody to share my life with, which was just like a huge like vacuum in me. Yeah. A void, like no wife, no kids, no chance of having a wife or kids. I'm with a different person every day. Uh, let me take a little sidestep here and ask you about friends. Yeah. You know, you, you became very wealthy. Um, easier or harder to find true friends with more wealth? Well, well what happens is it, it, it's not easy. It's not harder to find, you know, true friends. I mean, uh, you can be broke and not have true friends. But what happens is... You, the people around you, the people around you start telling you how well you're doing. Man, you're doing good, dude. Why are you working so much? Yeah, so it goes back to that complacency. Like, w w w compared to where they are. You start comparing yourself to other people, you're done. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter what other people are doing. I can always find somebody doing worse. And I can always find somebody doing better. So, so what, what, what happened for me was I had all these people around me that were like, why, why are you worried about working? Why are you always disappointed? Why do you always need more? Right. Why do you always, why do you always, you know? Why can't you just love yourself? Why can't you just be happy with where you are? I'm like, because I ain't. Because I know I can do more. Yeah, it's just what I'm made of. I sold that house. I put it on the market, sold it 30 days later, put all my stuff in a car, drove up here. Didn't know one person here. Never been to LA, never spent any time here. But I had an idea that my wife was here. Met her the first night I was here. She would not go out with me for, for uh, 13 months. For what reason? Did, 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 just didn't like me. Not compatible. Th thought I was a, a, a dick. And Too arrogant. Arrogant. And, uh, she thought I was a guy that got whatever he wanted. And I just pursued her and stayed with her and called her 26 times over 13 months and was very polite, professional. Kept sales, it, like your sales process. Totally. Just put her <laughs> in my system, man. And finally one day she's like, okay, all right, all right, let's go, let's go out one time. So you wore her down, okay. Yeah, yeah just finally like, not wore her up, you know. Told her the first call, I said, look, but when you, people hang out with me, their life is always going to be improved. It was a terrible line. Very value proposition. But it happened. It, it did happen. It was the big claim. And, uh, you know, so, so that, that's about not compromising. You know, pick picking that. It's the same thing with my investments. I, I don't compromise my investments. I don't try to buy low and sell high. I've done that. I got hit every time. So how did you know that she was the one? I don't know. I don't know that exactly, but, but it's kind of like real estate for me. When I walk on a piece of real estate, I know when it's the right one. I just have this tuning fork. That's it. I've known that about women, by the way. I've been with more than, more than two women and, and known every time there's no way this works more than going to bed. We're going to go have sex. She's going to say no. She's probably going to have sex with me anyway. We're going to have a good time. We're going to go out three or four times. And this is going to, it's going to end. Yeah. And they knew too, by the way. With Elena, I'm like, dude, she's going to have my children. I had not had that before, ever. So for a piece of real estate, like I can go look. You could drop me off in, right here in L.A. And I can look at, I wouldn't buy anything here. Bring me to Houston. I'll look at 25 pieces of property. And all 25, no, 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 it's not right. It's not, there's something out that's not right, and I won't buy any of them. Yeah. And then I'll wander in that one, that one property, and I'll be like, this is the one. So it's intuition. It's a gut thing. It, 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 it's experience. It's experience of looking for indicators about people and places. Yeah. Now, look, 
Elena, don't bail on this. Okay, I'm going to ask you some hard questions. We're oh, going to do shoot. the G&E show. We just got, you want to you just fill everybody in where we are? We are in beautiful Cabo San Lucas. Upon arrival, we had the whale show. Literally. Hold on, hold on. You're okay. giving them too much too you quick. Told me, you told me. That's how I came on to you in the beginning. Ooh. Too fast, too much, too quick. Mm -hmm. Hey, we're in Cabo San Lucas. Where were we this morning, Elena? We were in Deer Valley, Utah. Now, what I'm going to do here, because we're in the Jacuz, okay, I want to reveal some inside stuff about me and E. Um, you had no interest in me. You want to talk about that from the get-go? <laughs> None, zero. Well, you want to tell people Zip about zero. that, like, like stingy with De Niro, like yeah, by but, your crest. But, but why, 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 why weren't you interested? You weren't my type. Why? Why was I not your type? Well, I thought... all you guys out there, listen to what she's saying. She was my type, but I wasn't her type. Well, my type, I thought, was um, was not a businessman. So what is it? Let's unpack that a bit more. Because yeah. a common question that I get on this show a lot is, how long do I... There's this uh, Think and Grow Rich book, right? Uh -huh. um, and one of the analogies in this book is, you know, he was three feet from gold. It's just telling the story of this gold rush. And this, this miner was digging in California during the gold rush. And he dug and he dug and he dug. And he yeah. ended up just quitting. Yeah, yeah. When in fact, he was about three feet away yeah, from the biggest yeah. gold mine in yeah, yeah. history. Yeah. Quit too soon. Yeah. So how do you know... How did you know not to quit on Elena, right? Like, how did you yeah. know when to quit, move, not move on? Yeah. Um, what are some of the indicators? Well, for me, they were like, okay, she was hot, but she was also like, she was interested in some of the same things I was interested in. I knew that, right? And, and, and the fact that I'd got her in a place where she wasn't interested in a relationship, she just wasn't interested at that moment. This is what I tell people, look, not interested is a level of interest. I just gotta, I gotta, I gotta wait till she's at the right place, to where she's like, you know, today I am interested in a relationship, not just me. Yeah, so it's timing sometimes. It, it, sometimes it's just where she's at. Yeah. Now that, that I understand that because I remember where I was not interested, and I also remember where I was not valuable. You know, you asked me earlier, hey, why are you doing these fifty cities for no money? and they're free. I remember when free was the only way I could get into something. I was a punk that would later become somebody. And every somebody's was a punk. Mm -hmm. So I just keep reminding myself, I mean, the, the little bit of humility that I show the world is because I remember being a punk, a nobody, right? Yeah. So Elena was just like, I'm like, I just gotta br keep bringing her up a little bit. You know, my interest was here, hers was here. Me lowering my interest doesn't bring hers up. There's nothing cool about that. A lot of people won't show interest because they're like, I don't want to look like I'm needy or, well then don't look needy, but stay interested. Right. And so finally one day, boom, her interest popped up, you know? But you know, once you do that, once you finally get that relationship, that's probably the hardest thing in the world to keep working is, is, is that, you know, as you know. Yeah, and I, I enjoyed your video from the other day, too, talking about weaknesses. Uh -huh. let's, let's talk about that for a second. So you, you were opining on uh, things that make you weak. Yeah. And uh, why you should stay away from those things. You know, you said, I don't hardly drink at all. I drank drink, uh, New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah. Woke up at 10 a.m. You haven't woke, woken up at 10 a.m. for yeah, yeah. the last year. Yeah, yeah. And so you got to be really careful with the things that you, you know yeah. that you're not good at or make you weak. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what makes you weak? Nope, nobody's got that. What, what's the liability for you? You know, alcohol. I drink alcohol, I do things I would never do. You know, next thing you know, I want a cigarette. I mean, I can't drink without wanting a cigarette. I'm like, okay, I had a glass of wine, gotta have a cigarette. Who's way, got them Marlboros? <laughs> what's the story behind that big gorilla, by the way, smoking that stogie? Oh, um, no, it's a piece of art I saw. I saw it at uh, Art Basel. I'm like, I saw it, gotta buy it. What what is about that gorilla? Uh, the gorilla, the gorilla. You know, the thing about the gorilla is the gorilla can crush you. It can crush the skull of a human being with their hands, and they can also pick a petal off of a flower. Mm -hmm. I guess that without damaging it. it that you, that that is very much me. Do you, I was gonna say, do you identify totally. with that, dude? I can be so gentle with my kids. Yeah. And then I can be a great friend, like a great friend, 
and I could be I can be an enemy that you would never ever want. I can crush. Like I can go the, to me that that gorilla uh, that's done by Notu, uh, the uh, graffiti artist, is is the range of a human being. Like I trust people with range. Like I need to see a person's range, not the ability to be over here all the time, but the ability to go from zero to a hundred. In a, in a, in a, without, without any gimmicks. And so I have that, I, ha, I have somehow, through my, the history of my life, developed the ability to go from laughing and having fun to like, serious situation here. Well, you were in Vegas when that yeah. shooting happened, right? Yeah, exactly what I was thinking about when, that, when, when, you, when you just said that. One second I'm playing, the next minute I'm taking care of my family because there's a shooting going off in Mandalay Bay and I'm prepared to handle it. Yeah. So terrifying. Um, I'm in a deal. We're in a deal, negotiating a deal, and everybody's friends, and everybody's happy, and everything's cool. And then I discover something, and we're getting ready to have a four million dollar discussion. And they have three lawyers, three accountants, and I'm by myself in a room. And I'm always going to go by myself in that room. So they'll have seven people on that side of the table, and I'm by myself. Like I'm not bringing anybody because I'm, I'm to them looking at it. Why, why didn't you bring people? And I'm like, why did you bring people, right? <laughs> so it's you just... brought people because you're not sure. Yeah. And I brought I brought no one because I'm absolutely 100% confident. Yeah, I can put the the ink to the paper right here. Yeah, yeah. So I'm in control of this deal. You guys got to check with each other. And so so some of that is like power dynamics. Totally, 100%. It's a negotiating tactic. Yeah, I like it. But but to do that, you can't do that. You can't just do that. And and. You can't pull that off without, like, you need some experience. Yeah. Which so many people are underestimating today. Like, I hear guys, influencers say, you, you don't need a job. You need to go work for yourself. You need experience, man. People need experience. Yeah. Honestly, I think some of the best experience I got was when I was bussing tables. Totally. Did you get fired from yours? I got fired from bussing tables. I didn't get fired, but, yeah. but I, I took a lot of shit. Yeah. Nobody recognizes you. They don't acknowledge you. They don't thank you. It's yeah. a, like a thankless job. Yeah. I was fired from McDonald's, busing tables, a refinery job, uh, selling shoes, selling furniture. What else did I get fired from? A couple other jobs, but you know, it, it, I didn't have anybody tell me to quit being a punk. Like I was entitled at 16. I thought I was better than working at McDonald's. Well, maybe you and I are a lot alike this way. I didn't grow up with a dad either. Uh-huh. And um, I think when you don't have someone to give you guidance, you just start venturing out on your own and you just trial by fire. Yeah. And my mom could not. A mom can only do so much with a kid. Well, it depends, right? Um, There's got to be a dad, man. D- d- dads see things sure. different than mothers. Mothers different than dads. I can help my kids in ways my wife can't and vice versa. Yeah, it's ideal. I don't know how single parents do it. I don't either. They don't do it well, bottom line. They don't do it well. Because there's, you know, if you look at, you look at families, I have a foundation, Grant Cardone Foundation, and we help kids without fathers. If you look at the, the statistics on what happens to kids without fathers, six times suicide rate, 12 times, uh, I think it's 12 times uh, alcoholism and drug addiction, mm-hmm. four times incarceration. Schools are uh, the, the, the less chance of graduating from high school or college. Like the numbers just like, you know, just fall off the cliff. Yeah. Is that why you bring your daughters with you on tour and everywhere yeah, you go? Yeah, because I want, I want my kids to be with me. I want to be with them. I'm going to watch them grow up. I want to watch them get taller. Yeah. But they're, they're ballers, those little girls are already, you know, out in front of big audiences. And people are like, well man, spoken. your kids aren't going to be socialized. You, you don't have your kids in schools. I'm like, dude, I, I, if I could, if my kids can avoid schools, I think they're going to be better off. I think they're going to be brighter. I think they're going to be faster. I think they're going to be, they're, they're, they, they don't hear some of the stuff that happens on the playgrounds. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not, now they're going to miss something, but everything's a trade-off. Yeah. They were in 19 countries last year. Yeah. That's different than being, you know, at the same school for nine months. I may, may, you know, may, they're going to miss something, but they're going to get something. Yeah, it's different than studying about those nine countries out of a book. Yeah, exactly. 
So somebody said, you're ruining your kids, flying them in a private jet all over the world. I said, okay, well, if I'm going to ruin them, I'm going to ruin them like this. I think we're, uh, I think we agree on the amount of time that you invest is worth it. Because I, I think the greatest work that we'll ever do is the work that we'll do as parents. Yeah, yeah. That's probably the most important thing I'll ever do. That's my legacy. If I, if I did anything better, it would be to spend more time with them. Yeah. And I spend more time with my kids than just because of the way we have our life set up. They're, they're with me almost every day. So. Well, it shows. Even on camera, you can see the bond mm -hmm. that you've got. Thanks for seeing me the way you see me because most people don't see me the way you see me. Really? Oh, no, dude. Most people see me as arrogant, selfish, uh, show-off, conceited, bragger, like, <laughs> like the amount of freaking heat I get for showing my world. It's why so many guys hit a level and they quit showing anything. They're like, I don't want the heat. I don't want the opinion. I don't want the criticism. You know what, though, Grant? I, in my experience, in you know, my short life, the best advice I could give is... I think those people, misery loves company mm -hmm. is a saying that's true. Yeah. And a lot of people who hate or they see, you know, the negative side are only basically reflecting or projecting the way they feel about themselves. Mm -hmm. So they're unhappy. Yeah. Uh, I haven't, I'm not as rich as Grant. I'm, I don't spend as much time with my kids as Grant does. I can't get on a private jet like Grant, you know. So it's this comparison game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they start projecting yeah. how they feel about themselves, which is unhappy. Yeah. When you can get to a place. I've never met a hater that wasn't a quitter first. You know. Ever. And I know that anytime I've resented somebody else's success or criticized it, it was because I envied it. But more importantly, I had, it was what, exactly what you're talking about. I'm like, I haven't done that. He did that, I didn't. She did that, I didn't. I quit. They didn't. Yeah. It's regret. You know. It's poison. Yeah. So let's wrap this up and give me your best little nuggets of wisdom. Let's imagine uh, that both of us go back when we're 18, 19 years old, because a lot of people who watch this show are just getting started. Uh, but I think, you know, age doesn't matter. You know, if, if you want to reboot your career and you're 50, yeah. great. Yeah. Give me some of your distilled tips for success. Show up, clean up, show up. When you show up, show up. Not just show up. Like, you, you got a job you don't like, show up and be great at it. You don't need to like your job. Like, my whole life turned around when I quit looking for the perfect situation and said, hey, I'm going to make the most out of every situation. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show up. I'm an introvert. I'm showing up. I'm going to light up. I'm going to light up. I'm, everybody's going to know I'm here. And I don't need to be noise and boisterous, but I need to be productive and I need to be successful. So... I can either be noisy, ha ha ha, or I can be noisy because I, I, put, I, put, I put points on the board. Now, I happen to be like noisy and put points on the board. Like I'm gonna put points on the board and everybody's gonna know it and, and I'm gonna bother you with it. Like, so so what, however you wanna do that, you wanna quietly put points on the board or you wanna be noisy and put points on the board? Put points on the board. You know, people are like, oh, you, you let your success speak for itself, okay? Uh, Tom Brady, we all know the image of him showing his rings off. People are like, oh, Tom doesn't brag. Please stop it, okay? Look at this. So you got to put points on the board, and you got to let people know you put them on the board. Yeah. And, and that's what I would tell people. Show up. You're sweeping, be the best sweeper. Be the, be the sweeper that everybody's like, damn, dude, you, you should own your own sweeping company. If they're not saying that about you, 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 should, you should own the whole company. You, you're the best mortgage broker I ever met. You're in network marketing. You should start your own network marketing, which you shouldn't. But you should be getting, you should be getting praise from people because of your work ethic. And you put points on the board. And, and, and that, that, that's what I would tell people. It doesn't matter what the job is. I would also tell people, look, find somebody that's already putting points on the board and go put points on the board with them. Look at LeBron, comes to LA, came here for the limelight. I knew for sure he would leave. I'm like, he's coming, he's gonna go to LA. He's going there for the limelight. He's gonna go there for the money. He needs to get his money right. He couldn't get it right in Cleveland, it's impossible. 
Uh, and then he's going to surround himself with other players. And they're going to win something. So that, that, that would be the other piece. Like, leave where you are. That guy's left three times. He's going to end up with three championships, three different cities. People don't want to leave. He's like, I'm leaving Miami. I'm leaving Cleveland. I'm leaving. He, he'll leave L.A. When he leaves basketball, it'll be to, to build, run a, be a CEO of a billion-dollar company, and he'll have to learn new stuff. So, number one, you know, get great at something. Two, show up. Light up, light up the place. Put points on the board while you're doing it, and, and be willing to move. Be willing to move into something else. I mean, we were just sitting back, you know, <laughs> chopping it up, reminiscing about the good old days and all that. <laughs> You know, tracking my roots, where I came from. Oh, uh, I don't know what he, I think he had a fake one on. You think? I know for sure. Okay. Yeah, he had, I think it's a 5301, but I think it was a fake. During the game. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about whether that watch was fake or not. I wouldn't doubt it. But whatever, dude. It's a, it's a, this is the dumbest investment I ever made in my life. It's like a $200,000 watch, right? No, no. This, you can't buy this for two hundred. No, that's you got that about half wrong. Really? At least. Wow. There's 15 of those on the planet. That's number 10. Stupid. Completely. 100% ridiculous. Yeah. So when you buy something stupid, I'm not known for buying stupid stuff. When you, I do have a rule about stupid. Buy. You can buy two of them with cash, out of passive income. And you need to admit to yourself it's just stupid. There's no making sense out of it. That's fair. Which one you want first? Either way you pick the best, still gonna hurt you the worst. I never got the bask in the fruits of the label. And I never got the cash from that dude from the label. I'm just thinking back.